Welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. I have Andy here to answer some questions. Andy, Hello. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's been a while since you've been on. I know. It feels like it's been forever. Very sad, but you're here now. Yeah, I'm back. It's yeah. been a... Uh, nothing. I've been um, just wedding stuff and bits and bobs as well. So, yeah. It's been, a, it's been a busy couple of weeks, actually. I don't know. Time seems to be flying in. It does, in. doesn't it? And we've got a shoot on Friday. I know. All of us getting together, which I'm very excited about. Well, it's the first time I've actually met Shona, uh, Shona and Catherine in person. I know. How weird it's all being like in the same place. Like, I think it's going to be strange. But, but also, I kind of think it won't be. Like, I think we'll be like, oh, my God, it's so weird that we just met, but it won't feel like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's going to be... It'll be strange, but fun. For sure. Okay, right. Let's get on with the questions. Yes. Um, Okay, okay. Question number one. Is there a difference in the way I complete my gym sessions if my aim is muscle hypertrophy rather than muscle strength? Or do they go hand in hand? What a good question. And the answer is yes, but also no. So it kind of depends. Like if you're looking to be a power lifter, we would absolutely program you differently. But if you're training for hypertrophy, you will get stronger. And if you're training for strength, you will build muscle. It's only really at the extremes, like a bodybuilder would train significantly differently to a power lifter. But if you want to get strong and build muscle, like somewhere in between those two things, which is essentially how your program is programmed anyway, is where you want to be so you you will build strength and muscle at the same time and for most people that's pretty aligned yeah a lot of as well is to do with stuff like your nutrition as well so you know you, this is why you get stuff like weight categories and olympic lifting so guys can be guys and girls can be extremely strong but stay within a weight category purely by the nutrition that they're the nutrition setup whether they're sitting at maintenance or you know you build more muscle at a surplus as we know um so yeah it's um you know that's also something else to put in there but yeah it's this thing about we you know i think was it you that put the post up today about um the person putting up the 500 glute things to make it look like they've built a booty oh yeah i shared it from propane yeah (laughs) so essentially the post said something like you know people in the background will be doing deadlifts squats you know like all the compound movements which we know are good for building muscle like the basics they're hammering the basics because that's what actually gets results and then on instagram they'll put up like a booty band that they're selling and be like this is how i got glutes yeah this happens a lot with um like classes and stuff as well you'll see like class instructors who are like yeah all i do is insanity and it's like no you actually train really freaking hard in the gym nailing the basics lifting heavy taking recovery practicing progressive overload and then you go and teach that class like that isn't actually how you got in the shape that you're in yeah let's say the the joys of social media but also i kind of get it and i'm probably guilty of it less so now because i don't put that many training videos up but i'm not going to put up like a video of me doing bench press it's so boring like no one yeah. really needs to see that unless I was lifting like a PB or something. And even then, like it's not exactly exciting to see, but I might put up like something that most people wouldn't be doing yeah. just because it's different. Yeah, yeah, that's it. 
Um, okay, okay. Number two, um, I'm in a pattern of overtraining, but it's really common at my gym. Everyone kind of eggs each other on to stay for another session. It gets quite competitive. Thoughts? Oh, is this a CrossFit gym? I don't. I don't know actually. I'm. I can't. I'm trying to remember because I mean, this is probably from a check-in about two weeks ago. Um, okay. I think if I remember rightly, I think it may well be. It's just because I, I kind of see a little bit of that vibe in CrossFit and I've seen it like myself with like, oh, aren't you saying, or are you coming back for the evening class? Or like, aren't you going to stay for yoga? Which like, fine, like they have their own benefits and stuff and I completely understand. But sometimes there is that like, aren't you going to stay for another workout? And you're like, well, no, because I've done my workout. Thanks. Um, I think it can be harmful. Like I, on the face of it, it's kind of like, yeah, sure. If your mates want to like egg you on to stay on a little bit, fine but at the extreme where you're actually not recovering from exercise or it gets to the point that you kind of set this new like baseline for yourself of well I used to train two sessions a day now I'll need to keep that up and then when life gets busy and you actually have other things to do or maybe you're injured or you know something else happens and you can't do that you've already put this like pressure on yourself to live up to that amount of sessions per week and you freak out about dropping it down so yeah it, it can be a problem um we have to kind of remember as well like the law of diminishing returns and that more is not always better and also you've got exactly as you mentioned you've got so many there's so many negatives that can come off of overtraining like you've got lack of recovery which will not help you get to your goals you're going to potentially if you're overtraining overeating may come involved start coming involved and you push yourself into a surplus if you're trying to cut body fat actually what you think you're doing right is actually completely opposing what you're actually trying to do um, and then also you've got the, the potential of injury as well like you're if you're doing two sessions a day and you're tired in your second session the chances of injury are much higher and the chances of getting niggles which result in things like repetitive strain, et cetera, potentially can come in as well. So we kind of have to look at these things as a whole. You know, yeah, it's great. And, you know, you might get a wee bit of ribbon from your friends of, oh, you're not hardcore, but who cares? Like, what, what is hardcore? I'd rather achieve my goals than be climbing hard, class and be hardcore. Yeah. Or you, you could just be like, turn around and be like, well, you know, I get better results from doing less than you do I mean you're not going to say that because it's a completely dickish thing to say but I mean it, I turn around at like me five years ago and I'm like I get better results now than you did training more than twice as much as I do now because yeah. like you don't need to overtrain and, and as Andy's saying that like you end up spinning your wheels and not recovering or potentially getting injured if you get injured and taking time out means that you're not training during that time that's going to impact your long-term results and also just having a life outside of exercise. Like it doesn't always have to be. And this is kind of why I was wondering whether it was a CrossFit gym, because sometimes that becomes a huge part of people's lives. And I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing, like, but that might also be your social life as well. So I can understand why people end up staying longer, doing more sessions, going to the evening session, even if you've already trained that day, because you know that that's where everyone's going to be. And maybe you're going out for dinner after, but it's weird if you turn up and you don't do the workout, blah, 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 blah. Like, I completely get that side of it, but you have to maybe take a step back and be like, what are my goals and what's going to get me closer to my goals? Yeah. And implement that. Exactly. Uh, next one in. My goals are fat loss and mass muscle definition. Massive definition, Mike. Massive um, definition. 
Should I be hammering spin classes and runs between weight sessions? What is the best way to hit fat loss from an exercise point of view? A PT I follow said you should never combine weights and cardio. Why not? I always thought this was a good combo. Well, so many things here. Also, sometimes like we get questions like this. I'm like, ask that PT. Ask him why. Like when people say things that you're like, oh, I don't really understand that. Like you don't have to be confrontational. You're just like, oh, really? Like, what, like why is it that you shouldn't like do cardio and resistance training because it's quite interesting sometimes to see if they have any reason whatsoever or like the random reasons that they come up with so we'd be interested to hear um I had uh I got my hair done this week which meant I spent like a good couple of hours listening to the hairdresser and all of her previous dieting tips or like previous things that she's done which gave me a load of content for the week but also made me like quite angry with what personal trainers had told her and like her partner so I think the thing that made me most angry wasn't like all the shitty diet advice that she'd been given and that had actually massively impacted her relationship with food ongoing like I think people think this is almost like oh yeah you got told the wrong thing and like maybe you lost some money or whatever like it's not that inconsequential like if you're told that I don't know you can't eat salmon because it's got too much fat in it or carbs are bad or you shouldn't eat at this time of day or you need to eat tiny meals or you know whatever the fad is you've been told and you kind of internalize that and you worry about it for years and years later like that's impacted your relationship with food for potentially the rest of your life like it's not just oh the six-week diet I did that actually was a little bit over restrictive and I didn't get results it's the information you've been given and how you internalize that going forward and that's so so hard and I'm writing a talk at the moment for the reclaimed live event if you want to join it's reclaimed reclaimedlive.com all the proceeds are going to women's aid which is really exciting but anyway the talk is broadly around like the gap or the huge gray area between anti-diet messaging and diet culture which is essentially where commit to six lives right we want you to get the best results but we fucking care about your relationship with food and we care about the rest of your life. And it's not just that we want you to get the best results. I think this is what's distinctly different. We want the best for you within the context of your whole life. So that might not be dieting at the moment. And we're more than happy to tell someone that, you know what, at the moment, like dieting is not the right thing for you. Even if that maybe they've come for fat loss. Like we have no ulterior motives than we want the best for you. And I think one of the things that like I wanted to start with, because I was thinking like, if I'm giving this talk to other personal trainers slash clients, like what are the most important things? I'm not going to give it all away, but it's going to start with what is all the crap you've heard before? What are your preconceptions going into this diet? What, what do you know about diet already that's potentially holding you back that, I don't know, do you have a fear of carbs? Do you have a fear of increasing your calories? Are you worried about X, Y, and Z? Do you worry when you eat quote unquote bad food? Like, are you labeling foods good and bad? Like what, What's your relationship with food like at the moment, essentially, so that you know as a coach going into that, okay, this is where we're starting and this is what needs to be done going forward to help you improve on that. I think that's really important, like dispelling, like a lot of it's like unlearning so that you can relearn. And sometimes you have to unlearn first before you can relearn. You can't just like, I don't know, sprinkle over the top, like good nutrition information. You have to go back to the fundamentals that you're still scared of carbs or 
it's also the same thing as well. Remember, you you know this from working with clients for so many years. The fact that it's so much easier to teach a blank canvas than it is to teach somebody who knows too much that's not good. So trying to break that back does take time, and trying to dispel the myths that they've read in women's magazines or men's health uh, or sitting online probably following the wrong people like unfortunately the PT who decided to tell you that weights and cardio going together you should never do that like those dispelling myths and that's hopefully what we do with people you know this is why we do our question and answers on our social media regularly if you have questions if you we'd say this all the time there's no such thing as a stupid question if you have something that you really need that you want answered so anything fire it in there because this is what we want to do we're, we have no ulterior motive we're not trying to sell anything so we're not going to take a side we're going to sit in the middle and sit in the middle look at it from both sides and say right this is where that could be the case this is where this could be the case but for you this is where you need to be aiming at at the moment and that's well yeah that's why we do these podcasts really yeah kind of make sure that yeah you're on the right tracks and and spell any like previous concerns that you might have or current concerns that you might have we had a question in the group this morning as well about nct oil and like should we be Mm. taking it and one person was like yeah my personal trainer used to tell me to take that not really sure why and again it's like not even been explained like there is some like flawed rationale for why you would take MCT oil, which is essentially just fat. So it's really not a great thing to do if you're dieting because it's going to be pretty high calories. But people used to, it's, it's similar to the Bulletproof coffee where people put like butter in their coffee. People would put MCT oil in their coffee. Oh, look, fat oxidation rates have gone up because I've just eaten a shit ton of fat. Funny that. Yeah, I know, it's so surprising. <laughs> and then people hear, all they hear is, oh fat burning's gone up oh yeah I'll just do that it's like no no no. the fact that you've just eaten is now being metabolized like that's not your stored body fat that isn't the outcome that you're looking for yeah um yeah okay oh wait do you want to actually answer the question yes yeah yeah no there's there's no reason why you can't do cardio and waste together it's it's whatever you I think a lot of this does come down to stuff like Optimally training. So if you're trying to build muscle, card too much cardio is probably not going to be optimal for building muscle. However, if you're wanting to do an endurance event, marathon running, you're going to have to do cardio work because you need to get the miles under the wheels. Um, you can mix them together. A lot of that is about people enjoy a lot of people do enjoy cardio. I have to be honest with you, I don't, I don't understand. So you do it. a lot of cardio, you just don't see it as cardio, like you do a lot of steps. Yeah. I do a lot of steps, and also the, the cardio aspect of lifting weights is still very high as well. So we kind of have to take that into account too. Um, I you would say- think about like instead of thinking about exercise as distinct things, yeah. it's on a spectrum, and probably on one side you've got more like strength adaptations with like longer recovery, more resistance training. And then on the other side, you've got like true endurance exercise, which might be like long steady state runs at like a relatively low intensity. And then in the middle, you've got things like resistance training workouts and high intensity interval training and gym classes and which like are all on this kind of spectrum of like extremes. So it's not that like lifting weights doesn't work your cardiovascular system, like it does, you'll still have to pump blood to working muscles. 
Um, and yeah, there's no reason that you can't do them in the same workout if you want. One sort of red flag in this question was, what's the best exercise for fat loss? Like we don't view exercise in that way. And it, I think it's really unhelpful to view exercise in that way. Now, if you wanna take the extreme of this argument where people say you can't out-train a bad diet, like technically you can. If you look at someone like, I don't know, a Tour de France cyclist, their energy expenditure is so high that it's actually really hard to get in enough calories, even to maintain their weight throughout the whole tour. You're not a Tour de France cyclist, as far as I know. You probably have, I don't know, an hour max, five days a week to exercise, which is ample, more than enough. But that means that during those workouts, we want you to focus on building muscle. And then outside of those workouts, we can focus on losing fat by sticking to your calories and making sure that you're active. So you're sticking to your step count as well. That's going to have a far bigger impact on fat loss than trying to add in a load of spin classes or going for loads of runs. And I think Andy's already mentioned this, but what often happens when you massively ramp up your expenditure is your hunger levels ramp up as well. And whether it's conscious or subconscious, so sometimes consciously people are like, oh, I've been for a run and look, my Fitbit says I burnt 500 calories. I'll just eat 500 extra calories. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're massively inaccurate. So don't add on the calories that you, your watch says that you've expended. Or sometimes it's like more subconscious of, you know, your expenditure has gone up, which means that you're that much hungrier. That means that it's actually really hard for you to stick to your calories. So there is a bit of a balance to be had there that you don't want to ramp up expenditure so much that it means that your hunger levels increase so much that you actually end up not sticking to your calories, not creating a deficit, yeah. not getting the results that you want. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We're on to the thread now. Um, yeah, I think, did we finish on Sarah? Was that the I don't know, because I remember I've not been here for... Yeah. Is I mean, it cramps I, I and hands? Did you do the one about cramps and hands? I don't think I did cramps and hands. So let's start with that. The question is, I keep getting cramps in my hands when I'm doing workouts, especially dumbbells. Any tips to ease it? Um, you could stretch out your hands a little bit more. You might find that you've got a bit of tension in there. So just doing some grip work and um, also using wrist straps because um, you might be finding that you're like you're choking the dumbbell so you're trying to grip it really tight because obviously you may be working sorry here you're choking the dumbbell you're choking the dumbbell right um, and that may just be the case of that you might be getting to a point where you're working so you're working heavier on a dumbbell and your grip can't handle it and we do speak about this regularly this is where something like a wrist like lifting straps come in handy so you take a little bit of your grip out of it be able to shift more weight with the dumbbell and it's not going to affect your grip as much um but yeah apart from that it's, it's you need to probably need to work out what it is that's triggering it it could be it know, could also be like um an imbalance so maybe have some more potassium you know like eat a banana make sure you're hydrated, make yeah. sure you have like some salt in your diet. So I think some people that go really quote unquote, like clean eating, only whole foods, no additives, no nothing. And they don't add any salt to anything often end up not really getting much salt in their diet. And that can cause cramping as well. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Shelly's question. Can you stretch your stomach with too much high volume food over time? As in, does it stop your brain thinking you're full if you have smaller meals? Does it? Okay. Uh, feeling like I am 
rarely satisfied even after a large meal asked uh, Catherine this the other day and thought she had a great answer and thought it may help others too well I wish Catherine was here to give her great answer (laughs) I I think there's arguments for and against this like one of the benefits of eating high volume is that it does slightly stretch your stomach which does send signals to your brain oh there's food here you can turn down hunger whether your stomach becomes accustomed to that and eating larger meals I don't know if we have that much research on that that I'm fully aware of it's totally plausible if you're used to eating a lot and I don't know if it's partly your stomach stretching and partly just what you're used to yeah you know if you're used to eating a big plate of food that's even if the calories are the same even if you're eating a huge plate of food that's 500 calories because it's high volume versus like a small piece of pie or something that's also 500 calories probably going to be hungrier after the pie because you're used to eating higher volume and that's not only your stomach stretching but also how long it takes you to eat food the chewing process like how long it takes to digest like all of these things that have a big impact like one of the reasons that high fiber foods, apart from stretching your stomach a little bit, have a more satiating response is that they get lower down in your digestive tract, which signals to the brain, oh, there's more food lower down, which means that <clears throat> we don't need to drive you to eat anymore. There's ample energy available. You can turn down hunger. So there, there's actually like quite a lot that goes into your hunger signals. On top of that, you can also argue that like, I guess the opposite of high volume would be higher fat, but actually higher fat foods tend to have a slower gastric emptying rate, which can improve satiety as well. So there are like arguments for and against these things. Most of the research that I've seen in terms of like looking at just general behaviors of how people eat and how much they eat tends to sway towards high volume foods. Um, One of the cooler studies looked at just letting people eat ad lib, so whatever they want, and they gave them either like a whole food diet, which was very like higher volume type foods or a processed food diet. And they ended up just habitually without being told to eat more or less eating 500 calories less when they ate the whole food diet. So without even thinking I'm trying to eat healthy or I'm trying to be in a deficit or I should only have X portion or whatever. They just habitually ate less because of their food choices, which is why we always come back to like, it's not as simple as calories. And I think, we get that all the time, like, oh, I'm really hungry on 1600 calories, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that 1600 calories is too low for you. It could mean that your food choices within that aren't particularly conducive to you being satiated. Yeah. All right, then. Okay, next one. Bish, Bish Bosh. <laughs> My favourite. Bish Bosh. I have absolutely no regrets about joining six weeks ago. It hasn't gone to plan and I ended up with COVID, but I committed. The imperfect action has worked. I could have, I could have put it off knowing that there were going to be hurdles, but I'm very glad I didn't. My food intake is better. My mindset is better. Next time, my steps and workouts will be better. So not a question, just appreciation, really. Oh, thanks. And for anyone listening who's like, oh, that sounds like something I should be doing. You can join now for the November intake, esgfitness.co.uk forward slash commit to six. Yeah, but very like, I know, seamless, right? Um, 
yeah I think it's a really good lesson though I think a lot of people put in every area of life like put things off because it's not perfect and just like accepting that it won't be that it's probably not going to be easier tomorrow and that you just have to get started today is a bit like a huge like I genuinely think calling myself out on that has changed my life like without a doubt just stop me being like oh you know even I sometimes catch myself saying things like oh yeah but I'm about to go away or like oh yeah but you know I know that such and such is coming up or blah 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 like there's literally always a reason not to do something it will never be like oh do you know what now is the perfect time where I have absolutely nothing on and you'd be freaking out if that happened anyway so there will always be things in your life and actually they're all positives and now is the perfect time remember we keep we tell us say this a lot stop aiming for perfection perfection doesn't exist so exactly in, the, in time it, there's no such thing as the perfect time perfect time but is always there now. is there is always now there is always now just get it done agreed right bex <clears throat> i'm achieving some nice perky glutes lovely but how can I target the stubborn, saggy bit at the bottom, pardon the pun, of the cheeks? Thank you. <laughs> pardon, the, pardon the pun. Um, keep working on the glutes. Just unfortunately, similar, there's not such as we can sort of target, spot target or spot reduce anywhere. So just a case of just keeping working at it. Um, it's one of those things that's extremely frustrating because it might go quite quick for somebody and it might be a bit slower for others. Just keep going at it. Similar, similarly to everything, it's just about consistency. Keep training, keep working hard. If you want to add a couple of extra glute exercises in, if you've got time into a session, you could always do that. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a case of consistency, just keeping at it. Yeah, it's funny because we always get this question in some like, you know, worded in a slightly different way. And it's normally caveated with, I know you can't spot reduce fat, but can you spot reduce fat? And you're like, still no, unfortunately. So yeah, just as Andy's saying, you can work the glutes more, like it sounds like you're already doing that. And I think you can overdo it as well. Like just doing more and more and more glute workouts especially knowing how we've already programmed your workout you might want to add in a little bit but i really they're already getting hammered so um okay consistency something that shona shona Lindsay um, was telling me actually that she she sees a lot more issues with lower back and glute work because of the amount of glute work that people are doing nowadays trying to build a butt which you know, as exactly as you just mentioned, there's a fine line of pushing too hard um, and also pushing too hard and um, pushing beyond the point where actually you're you're actually it's negating what you're trying to do because all you're going to do is you're going to get injured. So taking injured, in, or even just like stimulating the muscle to the point that you can't recover from it anymore. Yeah, I think it's um, something that is, as well, a lot of the stuff that you see with people training glutes is it's a lower back that comes in. So actually a lot of people don't don't aim, don't intend or they intend on hitting glutes and they actually they actually work your erector erect spiny in the lower part of your back. And they wonder, I haven't got a sore back. I'm trying to do glutes because you're using your lower back. It's just the way it is. You need to activate the glutes and squeeze them rather than extending through the hip. Agreed. Okay. 
uh, kind of second part to this question. I'm left-handed and excessively so. <laughs> okay, as in I use my right hand for hardly anything. I'm working it the same in the gym and I can lift the same weight slash reps as with my left, but my right arm is much bigger. E.g., oh, for example, it holds much more fat and is far less toned than my left. Notice, noticeably so. We're talking a couple of centimeters. Is there anything in particular I can do to change this? I'm starting to try and use my right arm more just for simple things like carrying bags and vacuuming. Is there anything more I can do? It's kind of similar to the last question. Like, no, you can't choose where you store body fat. It's quite strange because normally, I mean, impressively so, normally most people's bodies are fairly symmetric. Is yeah. it? It's not that common that you see someone with one really large arm and one not. And I mean, and often you see that, like when you do see that to an extreme, it's potentially things like lymphedema, which I don't think it is here. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's not really anything. I think maybe using your right arm a little bit more for vacuuming, probably fine. It's not going to do any damage, but. I, th I think as well, the fact that in the question, you've already mentioned the fact that your right is just as strong. So you're lifting the same weight. Don't over don't overthink it. A couple of centimeters. What's a couple of centimeters? It's not a huge amount. Um, it's maybe noticeable to you because you look at your arms every day. Whereas to somebody else, it probably won't be. Um, but yeah, just don't stress about it. It's um, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting stronger, and things will start to. Um, hopefully, that's where you start to see things tighten up. Yeah. Okay, another kind of similar question to the one we had at the start, which is, I've heard that you should do strength before cardio if the goal is fat loss. Is there any truth in that? I enjoy cycling and spinning, and I do about 20 minutes as a warm-up before my strength workout. Would there be any benefit to swapping and doing strength first? No, there wouldn't. And actually, I think the way you're doing it is kind of perfect, especially if it's just like a bit of a warm-up, gets you warmed up for your session. The reason that, and I've suggested this to people before, so it might have even been something I've said, but within context, it makes sense. So normally if someone was like, I want to do resistance training and cardio, I might say, get your resistance training in first because that's our priority. Then if you want to do some cardio after, fine. However, if I was going to go into the gym and do a resistance training session, I was going to do some cardio, I probably would do it as a warm up first. It doesn't matter in the slightest. The only real consideration is if you were doing a really hard endurance session and then a really hard strength session, I'd probably do your priority first. Saying that, I would probably avoid doing them back to back anyway if you're doing two hard sessions back to back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how you're doing it is perfect, Alexa. Also, I hope that that opened up a load of people's Alexas if they're listening on that. Alexa. Alexa, play country hits. Alexa, play Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> Mary Had a Little Lamb. We'd be able to recognise you. <laughs> be like that going, please play what now? <laughs> <laughs> Would you repeat that? Okay, MZ. Holla, coaches. How are you all? I was thinking that all of you are in the midst of some fabulous new beginnings. Catherine with bravery saying hell yeah to self-employed awesomeness, Shona navigating the newness of a wee cord Mac and parenthood, Andy doing the exciting prep for getting married, Emma's billion businesses and the upcoming Mexican adventure, 
are you all supporting each other through the through the pages being turned and the doors being kicked open i think you're all amazing oh she's so sweet uh yeah we are and actually we're all meeting up on friday which is gonna be so so nice and yeah yeah like i think we're all excited for catherine to come like fully on board as well like i know i am I've been holding back a little bit because I don't want to overwhelm her. And to be fair, she's in a very hard situation where she's working a full-time job. And then I'm also pushing her <laughs> to take on more online. I think she's a bit like, okay, I'm driving. <laughs> so I had a chat with her last week and I'm, I'm going to, you know, give her a little bit of space before she finishes. And then I'm going to hammer it. Yeah, hammer it. I was going to say ram her, but that sounded a bit... Wow. <laughs> a little bit unprofessional, you know. Um, yeah, and Andy's wedding is very exciting. And Shona's smashing being a mum just makes it look freaking effortless. Yes. But yeah. Okay, Laura, any ideas on how to stay motivated when progress slows? I've been on fire, not literally. <laughs> Why I found that so funny. Oh my god, let me can I just read out the group chat message from my family group chat last night? Um Hello everybody. As some of you already know, Mum was taking an aspirin at three o'clock in the morning, and it seems Cookie jumped on her. And the fright caused her to inhale rather than swallow it. The aspirin, not the cat. <laughs> the cat is called Cookie. <laughs> Healed the cat. Oh, thanks for the clarification that she didn't inhale the cat. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, um, let me get back. To anyway, she's had. Uh, she's yeah. She's been on fire, not literally, for the last twelve weeks. But I've noticed that my gains are not as rapid, and I'm fluctuating on the scales. I've not given up, but would be good to get tips about staying in the game once mega once mega loss has happened. This is such a good question and I think is broadly what all of my solo episodes are about. So one, definitely listen to them. And actually Bex has commented underneath saying, podcast, podcast, podcast. Every time I have a wobble or wondering or a wandering mind, ESG queen sorts me right out and puts my head back in the game. Thanks. Also, do you have any progress photos or particular measurements of progress that you use? Look back on how far you've come and be proud of what you've achieved. It's obvious um it's going to be slow but you're still smashing life even just by getting up and routining it in the morning love that Bex and I think you're right like one it's if you're still focusing on weight loss and you now don't have much weight to lose like you have to just have realistic expectations that you're not going to see much weight loss if any especially if you're trying to build muscle as well like the scales just become very unpredictive and actually they're only really useful when you've got like a decent amount of fat to lose after that it's just not really useful I'd maybe set like some performance goals start looking at your numbers in the gym a little bit more strength to body weight ratio goals are really good so things like maybe getting your first pull up or doing 10 push-ups in a row or doing like you know however many push-ups in a row uh, and trying to beat that so you've got other goals that you're looking at and you can see progress in that but then, and I have literally just done a solo episode on this, I think, and it was one of the last two that, that really just like getting your head down, hitting the basics and going over it continuously until you get results, like not 
delaying happiness or delaying anything until you get there like understanding that it's this kind of just like part of your life now and if you want to get really incredible results that's what it takes and being like open and realistic about if you want incredible results you need to put in an incredible amount of effort over time consistently like there's no way around that and if you can't practice that like delayed gratification aspect you just like you won't get results you won't be successful and I try and reframe like when I'm feeling the way that you're feeling which does happen to everyone and it's completely normal reframe that into this is the part that most people give up and this is the part that like yeah it's harder because now what I'm trying to achieve is has that you know is hot is a harder thing like and that's an amazing thing to do but as you have less and less fat to lose like it's harder to keep losing it yeah I think it's I think you're right I think a lot of it is motivation when you see the scales moving and when you're seeing progress you know it's great it's brilliant but the days that you'll make the most the days that you that you need to make the most of are the ones where they're the toughest and it's the ones where you motivation is probably low and it's a case of pulling your finger out your arse and getting on with stuff literally going right i feel like shit so not not motivated the slightest but i need to get this fucking done it's as simple as that and that's sometimes just that's that's motivation within itself it's self-discipline equals self-motivation you've just got to get things done like last week i'll be honest with you last week i was my, i i had a bit of a deload week with my training last week i kind of a bit i don't know not not anything in, the, in particular but just a little bit of a kind of slow week when it came to training my head just wasn't in it but i still got in i got my sessions done i took an extra rest day and i was like you know what i just need to get in and get the wheel move the wheels and it's as simple as that it's getting things done because i know at the end of it not not this week but in six weeks time eight weeks time i'm closer to where i need to be and it's just a case of just getting stuff done like and motivation is great but it's not always going to be there and you have to find ways to get around that so yeah and i think when you've been driven by seeing quite significant and maybe losses on the scales or changes in your body weight or improvements in your gym performance you know that does drive you and then at some point that slows because inevitably yeah. it has to like that there's just how progress works like as, as you get closer and closer to I guess you could call it your genetic potential or like I mean we're still quite far from that but it, as you get closer to there like yeah you need to put more effort in to see results like and, and accepting that and as Andy's saying like I, I find it's actually quite motivational the days that I don't want to do stuff to tell myself, right, well, like, this is the day that matters. The days where you're, like, absolutely buzzing to do everything, great, like, ride them. They're freaking awesome. But they're not really the days that get you results. They're, like, the days that get you results are the ones that you don't really want to show up to. Yeah. Which is like, I remember Ashley popped something up a couple, maybe two weeks ago, and she thought, she said, oh, I wish I had, I wish I was as motivated as you because you seem to be on it all the time. And I just said, say, like, just because I do, this is what I do as a living, does not mean that I'm on it all the time. There are days where I cannot be arsed. I don't want to go and train, but I know that in six weeks' time, I will thank myself that I went and got this session done. Or Also, uh, you stopped. put up such a good uh, post the other day about not comparing yourself to, like, essentially, to people like you in some respects, like either Instagrammers who are, like, paid to look a certain way, or, like, you're a personal trainer like yeah. love what you do like don't 
always compare yourself to people that look like they're always motivated because a lot of the time the reason they're always motivated is because they actually really freaking like it like yeah. I'm always talking about how it becomes you don't need as much patience when you actually enjoy the process like, yeah. I don't need as much determination as other people to go to the gym because I like going to the gym and part of that is like not every day I like it like not every session I enjoy but generally I like it and part mm. of that is like stop telling yourself that you don't like it yeah and this is kind of like I see it as kind of similar to the problem with like body image a little bit where people are like you have to love yourself and it's like right I'm so far from loving myself right now that that's just a ridiculous notion and isn't helpful but if you can yeah. get to accepting yourself and like same with exercise if we're like guys the secret is just go and enjoy exercise and you're like but I don't then then I can see how that's like a barrier but if we're like do you know what see the benefits of exercise and you can at least tell yourself that you you don't hate it like I accept it it's not my favorite thing to do but it's something that I know I need to do because these are the benefits I get from it yeah and you're not like sort of working against yourself yeah I think the comparison thing is something that so many people do I think something that I had a chat with one of my mates about this and it's a kind of bit of a it's a bit of a I need to say it right, it's a bit of a mind boggler. So 95%, probably 95% of the people that you follow on your social media are in, are in the 5% of the world's population who are in incredible shape all year round because they get paid to do so. They're professional athletes, they're fitness models, they're sports stars, you name it. That's what they get paid to do. They don't have a nine to five job. Their nine to five job is staying in shape. They potentially have somebody cooking their meals for them. They've got meal prep. Oh, yeah, sponsored by meal prep. So they meals at them. They've got all the supplements in the world. They've got, which doesn't make a difference, but they've got, they don't have to worry about thinking about getting protein in because this is what we're looking for. You can't compare yourself to that. And comparing yourself to that is just going to leave yourself a massive gap to fall into and get lost. So don't compare yourself to anybody. You are unique. We all have our own situation. Yes, people might have a bit of a crossover where you might be like, well, they've got two kids as well. That's fine, they've got two kids, but your situations are completely different and that's just the way it is. So don't ever compare yourself. Yeah, I think the comparison thing is really tough. And, and now with social media, you can literally compare yourself to like you're saying the top 5% of the world. It, instead yeah. of like, you know, if you took that away and you compared yourself to like just maybe just the people that you see in the gym. And even then, that's like a, a cut of the population that are already interested in going to the gym. Like even if you just yeah. compare yourself to people you see like walking along the street, probably much more like realistic. I'm not saying like lower your expectations to that, but yeah. I am saying that sometimes the like exposure that we have to these people that are at the extremes makes us think like that's where we should be or it's as easy for me as it is for them. And that just isn't like, it's not the same. Yeah. 100%. And, and also not realising, because a lot of people don't show this, like the effort that goes in to achieving that. And the, I mean, this could be a whole podcast in itself, but I think there's two sides to that briefly, because I know we have to go. But one side is kind of that it does take a hell of a lot of effort and consistency. And the other side is that it might seem easy. Like if I use myself as an example, like other people might be like, well, that it looks quite easy. It doesn't look like you're over-restricting. It doesn't look like, like, and I'm not. But over-restriction to me compared to over-restriction to you might feel very differently. And actually, if you lived my life, you might not enjoy it. You might be like, oh, but I don't like 
getting up early. I didn't like going to the gym. I didn't like taking myself out for a walk. I didn't like like eating roughly the same breakfast and lunch, which is just generally what I tend to do. Like there might be aspects that I don't see as a sacrifice at all. So it's not weighing down on my willpower or like taking from other areas of my life where you might see that as yeah. a sacrifice. And, and this is like the case a lot of the time with like people you're maybe looking up to on social media. Like you might not be prepared to do what they do to get the results that they've got which is fine because it just might not align with your values, but then stop beating yourself up about the fact that you're not there. Definitely. Right. Um, Okay. Well, we're done. So if you've liked the podcast, pop yourself onto wherever you get your podcast from and give us a five-star rating because we're worth it. Um, It just gives us a little bit more, um, a bit more access to other people so it can, you get popped up and people can be recommended and stuff so we can impart our knowledge onto others as well and also if you've enjoyed this episode shoot it screenshot it put it on your social media tag us at esg fitness and at andy esg fitness is it underscore underscore ESG at andy underscore esg fitness well and right. as we said commit to six is open yeah. Get yourself signed up. Get yourself in incredible shape for Christmas or, you know, just feeling better. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Ciao.